Welcome to James Gable and Brandon Thompson's Fun with Flags. <laughs> I am Brandon Thompson, sitting here with James Gable. And today we're going to talk about the semaphore flag. Good morning, Sheldon. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad. Good morning, James. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I just think you'd be Amy Farrah Fowler in this situation. Well, I'm almost a or little... Or Penny. Both of them do host with him. I, I'm a little bit of Sheldon in that you didn't start it correctly. Oh, okay. And now we haven't started correctly. Right, so I'm, I'm out of sorts right now. We're, we're going to try one more time. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicator Podcast. Your hosts, James Gable and Brandon Thompson, are here to bring you enlightenment to the topic of communication. Okay, that's satisfaction. Was that what you were looking for? Okay. You're welcome. Can you do it two more times, and then you've hit the three. We're good. Okay, so now why are we discussing fun with flags today, James? The topic is going to be the semaphore flag, but what this is... Oh, so we're going to have fun with flags. (laughs) We're going to have fun with them. We had we are on our second part of our five part series. This is dare we say part two? Part two of forgotten communications. We're calling it the communication evolution, mm-hmm. or the evolution of communication. Either one would work. Uh, however, you want to verb it. I don't care. So if this is like part two. Then I guess we're going from like Charmander to Charmeleon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the okay. term. Yes, you got that correctly. Cool, 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 I'm cool, sure. Cool. I'm not fact checking that one. Oh, I got that one right. Don't worry. But in this series that we're talking about old communications, things that are kind of forgotten, but they paved the way for the communications that we have now. They might have faded away. Sometimes they're still being used, but specifically on this semaphore flag or fun with flags. Or fun. Well, no, it, we're discussing the semaphore flag and the podcast is fun with flags. Oh, is it? it but it's not my fault that they came up with a dope show on another TV show. <laughs> That is a dope show. That's hey, they got Will Wheaton on. They do got Will Wheaton. That's amazing to get him on Fun with Flags. Yeah, telling you, man, good stuff. Fun with Flags, welcome. But what is a semaphore flag, and why is that important to us? Well, it's a flag you see, and it's attached to a, a stick you see, and they use it to communicate. You see, and that's that's what a semaphore flag is. You see, <laughs> look, I see. Looking back at the history of the semaphore flag. It was the iPhone of its time, as we've talked about other communications. The crier was the what Instagram of his time, the TikTok of his time. But the semaphore flag was so innovative at the time, and it was a system which is really kind of neat. It goes back to what the seventeen hundreds, early sixteen hundreds. So, so a man named Robert Hook or Robert Hoke, H O O K E, in sixteen eighty four, uh, submitted like, you know, not the idea, but submitted a. Uh, like a blueprint, not blueprint. What's the word I'm looking for? Were you guys on patents? A blueprint. Man, they submitted a blueprint uh, to the Royal Society. And then it wasn't until Claude Chappé, or Chappé. Claude Chappé. Claude Chappé uh, developed the first actual, they called it a visual telegraph, but uses basically the semaphore flags in a signaling fashion. It's a, it's a big, it originally comes out as like a big tower and they kind of crank a deal at the very bottom on a pulley system. And then the, it kind of spins like a clock, and then the flags line up, and then each of them makes a sig- or makes a signal. And it's like, oh, that's the letter B for Brandon, or for Boss, or for Boat, or you know, whatever your communication 
you know, signal is. Well, and they had a lot of different combinations to actually be able to use it in code as well, too. Mm-hmm. It was very visual, but limited in its distance, which was kind of interesting that they they had 556 stations all across France. That was its primary communication, both with military national applications. They were spreading news across the land. Do you think people's eyesight was better back in the day? Well, 556, like, what, did they run out of country? Like, Ooh. I don't know why that was specifically. And, yes, I do think they were better. Yeah, I was like, because both of us are sitting here with glasses on. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure if I had to communicate via towers and try and do that soon, I'd be like, I think that's a W. <laughs> well, and my distance uh, vision was is better than my close vision is now. No. Just you know, getting older, but I, there is a lot of discussion on because this is this I guess ties into communication somehow. Well, I mean, the idea of visually reading si- it, they're literally signaling. If a signal is not a form of communication, it's like when you signal in a car, right? Hey, I'm going to get over in this lane. You are communicating to the other car to let you into the yeah, lane. I'll tell they you. have the option to be a jerk about it or not. And people don't communicate they, they, that they, enough. I'll tell you that right now. Switching on your blinker when you make the shift after you make the shift. Yeah. No, that's this not is, the right way to do well, it. That's not the right way to do it either. But this is basically people communicating just, you know, across land. And it's actually funny because they have different colors for land versus sea. But they originally built these towers on land to communicate across France, and they mainly, it was mainly used as a military application, which is not dissimilar to just how most innovations come across. It tends to be military first, and then it gets found with the people. Um, and then after these towers, they took they took their tower uh, technology, their their you know tower technology, and they shrunk it down and they turned it into people power, <laughs> and they just turned it into a dude holding flags. And that was mainly used on naval ships. You know, you, you send the, the guy up the – you send the smallest dude up the tower. With up the, the crow's nest. The crow's nest, thank you. Uh, up to the, the proverbial ship tower, the crow's nest. And they would get up there and they would signal to the other homies, hey, fire your cannonball there. <laughs> Do you think they spelled out a homie back <laughs> then? Know. But that's they, a they great point. Like an H, an H meant homie. They didn't have the cell phone, right? They didn't have, they couldn't run a telegraph across the ships. Yeah, no, Morris wasn't around yet. No, Morris hasn't come into play. But they were able to communicate using this flag system and also make it intricate enough to create a code so somebody could not necessarily just read, you know, what they were saying. The enemy couldn't see what they were saying mm-hmm. with that as well either, with their little, you know, spyglass that they yeah. had. I was like, but it's also kind of funny that indeed the one of the reasons why this is no longer used as frequently is because the code's really easy to crack. <laughs> and it was just, the, the enemy could see you doing your signals just like the other people could see, or just like your homies could see you doing the signals. They're like, oh, yeah, they're going to go around here. They're going to do a pincer maneuver. We can counter that. <laughs> but, yes. Well, um, the other Well, the other downfall was that it was no good at night. And then if it was heavy fog, heavy rain, these were systems that just, you had to put them away. I was like, as it turns out, when you can't see the signal... It doesn't work out too well. Well, yeah. Sometimes do you not see the red flags? I was like, flaws in visual communication is just that when you can't see, you're screwed. Which is where if they had a town crier that could yell across ships, that might be affected. <laughs> just yell in code. <laughs> the pig is in the slop. Well, and that's not too far. Like, those are codes that yeah. were used, right? I, so, I don't know what pig and slop would be, but, you know, something. Uh, it's Whatever you think it is, it's opposite of that. Of that's, that, yeah, because it's got to be a code. Yeah, I'm a huge code cracker. Huh. But anyway, so they used that for a very long period of time. And it was ma- it's actually still used today on uh, ships as well. 
if you know, I mean, because obviously different levels of technology and different levels of communication can break down. So in an emergency situation, it's important to have the one semaphore flag guy just on backup. Well, it's they are still teaching Morse code in Boy Scouts. Is that correct? Not exactly. So it used to be in order to get, uh, which is actually kind of, so it's kind of funny that they call this the first, the semaphore flag is called the first visual telegraph, right? But then what eventually replaces it in the form of communication? The telegraph. The actual, the, the Samuel Morris's telegraph or more. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of funny that they're like, this is the visual telegraph to be replaced by the actual telegraph. Yeah. They're like, that's how they invented it. Right? Yeah. But no, they don't teach Morse code anymore in uh, Boy Scouts. It used to be a requirement if you wanted to get Eagle Scout that you had to know Morse code. But now you do not. Do you have to learn a couple of words of it? No, I mean, I've learned, I, I learned like a couple of letters. I think I learned like SOS and um, like, uh, oh gosh, I was trying to think of what else. It was, it was kind of funny too because we did it when we were shooting. Um, and it just as a way to signal to each other because you're going to have the earmuffs on, right? And it can just be, you don't, you, you obviously don't exactly want to stand too close to the homie with the gun that's going to go off that loud. So if you're trying to signal to him to get his attention. Okay. We said, and it was, you know, just a couple of like basic stuff. Well, we digressed into talking about Morse code because this was that visual, uh, telegraph, right? Mm-hmm. Same idea. Yeah. But, and so how else are, not necessarily semaphore flags specifically, but how else are flags used in today's, Communication, right? Because there's flags on train tracks that are still currently being used to make sure that we don't end up with a 852 train car pileup. Right. Well, and that's, I think, was the natural transition over to to trains, railroad, mm-hmm. and, and are still using it today because it's effective for them. But it's really the red flag, green flag system, especially in switch gears. If a red flag, you know, was up, you knew that potentially traffic was heading your way and green flags. So that's where a lot of that flag system, you know, goes into place. I think there's a lot of our friends in the South who are very much a fan of the checkered flag mm-hmm. and the yellow flag and the NASCAR racing. Mm-hmm. So flags are still used as signaling devices for things like that. The start flag is the green, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're, you throw the red challenge flag in football, it means that the refs got it wrong. And whether or not the commercial is famous or not, you cannot throw the red flag at home. <laughs> or the replay. I don't not. recommend it. It never works out. But that that's another idea. The red flag that goes up, the yellow card when you're talking about soccer. Mm-hmm. Or red, the, yeah, red the red card. card is like an ejection in soccer, right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Because the US or the FIFA World Cup's going on right now, so we should be supportive of that. Go team USA. I think they just lost. They just yeah, they're yeah. out. Okay, well that's fine. Go team USA. That's how uh in tune I am with soccer. <laughs> or football, pardon Fo- Yeah, it's football. football. So flags still continue within our communications today, but going back to the system that was state of the art of its time, it did help spawn other forms of communication that kind of play into today. But I think the biggest thing that I'm getting from the idea of flags today is the idea of the red flag. Are we having fun with red flags? I'm having fun with flags today. Okay. Okay. The idea that the red flag has really got into our everyday verbiage, our wording, you know, that's, Have it's, ever say it's become a slang. I think it's more than a slang. I think it's deeper than that, a slang saying, because it's a direct representation of, Hey, Brandon, mm-hmm. you're really sending some red flags out. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know that. So stay away from my daughter. No, oh, got it. I'll, I'll go home. <laughs> Cool. Put I'll, your flags away. I'll pack up my I'll pack up my little flags here, and I'll just I'll, I'll tootle on out. 
But we utilize it both in construction. We utilize it in our relationships. We use it in a lot of different aspects of our communication to talk about red flags being what? Danger, typically. Yeah, a, sign, a bad sign. A very bad sign. Something has gone up and told you not to do this. Well, and, and yet magically you probably are still doing it. Well, and that's the hardest thing about red flags is how nobody says, I saw the red flag, so I got the heck out. They're like, I should have saw the red flags. We just so don't ever tell the story of like, oh, yeah, so I saw the red flag and I decided not to do it. You tell the story of like, <laughs> yeah, man, so I kind of saw that and I just still decided to go forward and this is the end result. No one's ever like, yeah, man. And then no, you don't ever tell the story of and then nothing happened. That's not the story. I saved the day by not following the red, the red flag. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I just no, and then nothing happened. I was like, oh, I looked at that situation and said, nah, and walked away. That's not the story you tell everybody. That's a good point because then it's not a story. It's not a story. It's just like, oh, well, that's a Tuesday. But if we could help people have less stories of red flags, that would be amazing. But so what are some red flags that you want to talk about in regards to communication? Because this is still a communication podcast, despite being a Fun With Flags episode of a communication podcast. And I think flags are fun Mm -hmm. and communication is fun. We'll put the two together. But the idea that red flags really turn into something for us to watch for, we wanted to talk about red flags in communication. Mm -hmm. This whole flag system that was created back Mm -hmm. in the 1700s is here for us today in the 2022s to talk about red flags in communication. Mm -hmm. What's your number one red flag in communication? Oh, number one. I've got like top three. Okay, but, well, let's start with the first one of your top three. Dare we say you're number one? I think <laughs> you're going to narrow me down to this, aren't you? I think number one is really conflict avoidance. Okay. If you're having a trying to have a conversation, and that's the one that I think is the most destructive in trying to solve conflict, solve any issue in the relationship is somebody who avoids the conflict mm-hmm. and is just kind of, you know, going to shove it under the rug because it's not going to go away. To me, that's a big red flag for somebody who likes to not address problems. Okay. What's your number one? My, my number one red flag is a lack of eye contact. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they can't look you in the eye, it's a problem. It, it, it's dare we say a red flag. So next time you're watching Survivor or, you know, any other reality TV show, or you're just having a conversation with somebody and they can't make eye contact, you're like, I think I'm going to be voted off of this island tonight. Yeah, that seems to be one of the body language indicators of somebody trying to, that avoidance technique, right? Yeah, it's just, it's a it's a way for them to not have to be connected to you. It sounds, that sounds stupid, right? But like we, ha- we have a whole episode on eye contact. And when someone is trying to talk to you or someone is talking to you and they can't make eye contact, that is a red flag. And that's not a good thing. Not a great sign. I was recently reading a book on, I can't remember the name of it, but it had to do with learning the lie or something like that. And it was another book similar to how do you, some more lie detection stuff, which goes again back to, it's one of the hardest things for humans to do, but these trained uh, uh, we'll call them FBI agents, CIA, these people that are trained in, in lie detection. Mm-hmm. There are things that we can do to detect it if we're trained for it, but we as humans can't stop. We have no issue sharing this information. That is one of their things is like, well, why are you sharing this? People are going to learn how to lie. And they're like, you can't, no matter how much you hold it in, there's some form of body language. And I think that eye contact is one of those that is easily readable and, or the opposite of that is like, 
full on eye contact while you're telling never the lie. Yeah, and that's because no one ever holds eye contact for the entire time, unless you're uh, my next door neighbor, Doug, who's just very, very intense. He's very dedicated to everything you have to say, and he listens really, really well. And it's very impressive. I'm not even sure he blinks. No, I, I don't. I think he sleeps with his eyes open too. <laughs> Does he have eyelids? I've never <laughs> seen his eyelids. But it's the idea that anytime that's the stuff that they say you can still detect is the opposite of that. That maintaining eye contact, almost that sociopath idea, like I'm just going to flat out lie to you. Mm-hmm. Those type of things are things that. Um, are within our conversation. So eye contact, that's your number one. That's my number one. Red flag for red somebody. Flag for communication. What's your number two, James? Well, We're I, the second one on your list. Well, just it's three. a random list of numbers. Uh-huh. But this is number two. I think it's the people that, ex, like explosive conversations is how we'll word it. People who are reactors in those forms of communication mm-hmm. because they they put so much energy and emotion into it. And they're reactors. So those reactors are red flags to me, knowing that if you're, if they're waiting for those trigger words and you're always tiptoeing around those trigger words, then you're not going to get really effective communication with somebody who's just one of those explosive, uh, type of peeper, people, peeper, <laughs> people. Ah, okay. I can see that. What's that your number flag. two, which is now our number four? Oh, my, my number two red flag is definitely. The people that never wait for an answer or like they ask a question and then they kind of just like avoid your answer. So James, what do you, what do you think of our current episode fun with flags? You know, man, I'm a really big fan of how I opened the show this week and, you know, just definitely kind of pulled a fast one on you. I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, so let's continue talking about fun with flags. So uh, James, I, I think that the semaphore flag is important. What are your thoughts on that? So yeah, no, I total I totally agree that the semaphore flag is a great naval tool that is still used today. Uh every now and then. And it was originally built in towers until they, you know, took it down and they, they shrunk the tower down to people power. You have endless words, don't you? I really could you could just that keep is going? A, if someone does that to you, that is a red flag for communication. Because number one, it means that they don't care what you have to say, which is kind of a bit of a problem when trying to communicate, because we've already discussed that you have one mouth and two ears and you should definitely listen through communication. Um, because something is obviously being communicated to you. James, this is not your time to talk. This is still my time. I'm on my number two. Thank you. <laughs> do you gauge out or do I get 50% of this podcast? I have no idea. But that's, uh, I almost, now that you mentioned that, I don't know that that's not higher on the list because there's. That's, Are you judging my list now? Yes. It should have been higher. It should have been higher on my list. Well, it, because there's one, there's the uh, my next one are just the people who don't listen. Like they're having that conversation like you were talking about. Uh, that was the next one on my list. But it's almost worth, worse when somebody asks you a question because then you get that anticipation of, I finally like, get something in mm-hmm. here. And then you get bowled over. Whereas I've talked about this in the past before, people that are so emotionally unintelligent that they're going to talk to you without any interaction from you whatsoever. They don't care about you. They're not going to listen to what you have to say. They have so many words to get out that there's not even a break in there for them. And that's, this is almost, that was almost worse than that because you get that anticipation of, I'm like, you know, I even breathed in ready to say stuff. Yeah. You you get excited that you might actually have uh, something to contribute to this conversation that your communication matters. 
And then it just kind of gets mulled on over. And then five or 10 minutes later, you better take notes to go back to the points that you weren't allowed to make. Right. It's yeah. just, it's not an active com- communication, not an active conversation that's going on. It, it is not an active conversation, nor is it an effective form of communication. Thus, it is a red flag. That is a red flag. And I, I think as we go through our top 10 list here, I don't know how many we're going to get through. Like six. We, we might have three. <laughs> we might renumber them. Well, and I think the other one that. What, what is number three on your list, James? Number three. Tell me number three. <laughs> is negative people, like criticizing type people. Well, that's a stupid number three. <laughs> hey. So that one. You, when you hear somebody criticizing somebody else, you know that they're going to be criticizing you at their mm-hmm. next conversation. Mm-hmm. So those are things that are red flags to me, knowing that they're going to carry this over to their other conversations. And that almost becomes that how much trust do you have in them that they're not going to say the negative stuff about you when there's nothing positive coming out of their conversation. Mm. So are you saying that like positive thinkers as opposed to negative thinkers is probably helpful in communication and or just overall outlook on life? Uh, well, absolutely. Mm. Yep. If only there was a podcast that covered that. Or five in a row that somehow always had the theme of positivity. <laughs> but it's the idea of the of the comments, right? Being mm-hmm. criti- critical, being negative, those type of things really should be a red flag because they can't find that pos- they can't find that positivity. Mm-hmm. Are we done? No, yeah, no, no, I got one more. I got okay. one more. So there are people out there, and, and I might be included in this. But magically, the conversation always revolves around them, hmm. right? It, it doesn't. You, you could change the subject, and then magically, it still comes back to them. Uh, there might be Patriots fans out there that can turn any conversation into a conversation about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. No, no, yeah, yeah it's like there there might be a couple out there. We're not entirely sure, but it, it's a it's a red flag when you can someone can ask you about your day, and then magically they spend the entire time talking about their day. That, that, that is a surefire red flag. Is that the, in the same line of asking the question that they don't want to hear an answer to, to get them to say something to you so then you can go back to your stuff? Something like that, yeah. Right? Where it's just like, I, this is, it's a polite thing to ask you how your day was. So that way you can say, fine. And then, you know, in turn go, so how was your day? And then you just take off. That's a red flag. When it, when it magically just always seems to revolve around them, it is a red flag. Well, I'm going to end with one. Okay. And so James has four. I only have three. Well, you might have to find another one. Maybe you'll create one out of this. Okay. But it's the idea of the bad apology. And I remember one crystal clear, which tells a lot more about that individual mm-hmm. than it does just that apology. But the, you know, somebody who does a bad apology isn't sincere, right? That seems obvious. But it's, I'm sorry you, how did he word that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you, you I'm to- sorry you took me wrong. <laughs> I'm serious. That was an actual apology. I'm sorry you took me wrong. Really? So it's I'm sorry a bad you're ap- too dumb and didn't understand what I was trying to say. That's exactly what's being said, right? And because there there was an apology owed and it was never even given, but he used the word in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So a bad apology is somebody who is not emotionally intelligent enough to engage in a mutually beneficial conversation. Mm-hmm. I was like, because you can't re- accept res- because we are the uncommon communicator, right? And our goal is to bring enlightenment to communication. And we are all looking for that enlightenment moment when communication happens, right? If you're supposed to say something 
that other person is supposed to understand it. And it's your job as an uncommon communicator to make sure that that understanding happens. So if they're giving you that bad apology for you didn't understand what I'm saying, that's clearly your fault because uh, you should do a better job of communicating. And as an uncommon communicator, we strive to look for that enlightenment moment. Exactly. Boom. Boom. Yeah. So clearly he did not see the enlightenment occur and he's blaming you. They're, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why it goes back to that's what's a red flag in communication is that's that type of apology is a deeper issue of how they deal with all conflict and all stuff in their life. They didn't do anything wrong. You did it wrong because you didn't understand him. Mm. Those communications. All right. I like that one. To kind of close up, talking first about this ancient form, this uh, ancient form <laughs> of communication. It's only, it's only like 500 years old. Man. It's actually not that old. Yeah, no, it's doing okay. But it's a almost forgotten form, but still used. Going back, I'm going to back up to talk about the town crier really fast. I was talking to somebody who was in the Peace Corps recently in the probably the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. He was in Nigeria. And they, he was in this town and he's like, what's that sound? Somebody was going through as the town crier announcing stuff as recent as 20 years ago, not in enough, you know, not in a British, I'm going to wear the fancy suit and ring the bell form, mm-hmm. but to actually give information out. And I think same thing now tied into the semaphore flag and this flag system is we're still using these flags. Mm-hmm. But in this case, we've really hit our, culture to the fact of now we talk about the red flags the red flags yeah yeah because as it turns out we don't need to visually like we visually communicate with each other but i can visually communicate with somebody on the other side of the world which right. is still cool that is cool yeah. i think what we've gathered as a society now is this idea of red flags and to really take that what are your red flags identify them and be prepared to know them because as we talked about like i saw them red flags and i didn't do anything if you see red flags do something about it that's my UC moment for today. Hmm. You know, I saw red flags when the New England Patriots were about to play the Buffalo Bills, and I still watched that entire game. <laughs> the whole thing the you whole do, game. it was a disaster, it didn't you? The whole time. The red flags were there, man. But that's all I got. That's all I got. See you. Bye. bye.